Tonight is Vav Tishtei. It's the yard site of Rebbe Tzinchana, the Rebbe's mother, passed away Tav Shin Chaf Hei, 1964. And I remember, I remember those days. I remember the Rebbe in fact, could be I told this to you once. I want Zeicha, well, was one Zeicha to have the Rebetz and Chana give me a pat on my shoulder. I'll tell you what it was for. I was a little kid then, and I had a lot of energy. I used to want to use it. One of the things was to run to President Street to the Rebetzin's house and open up the big steel door in front of her building. She lived in an apartment building on the ground floor. If you go to President and Kingston, there are two houses. She was in the second house. That's where the Bachram have their kitchen. They have a dormitory now. But then, it was two apartment buildings, and she lived in the second one, 1418. If I saw her coming, I would run, or one of my brothers, and would open up the door. It wasn't easy. It was like a weight a ton. You had to push that big steel door open, because I didn't want to be matriach her, that she should have to bother to push it open herself. She wasn't that young. Also, the Rebbe used to come and visit Rebbe Tzinchana every single day of the year. Didn't matter how busy the Rebbe was, how many responsibilities the Rebbe had. The number one thing the Rebbe made sure every single day the Rebbe would go visit the Rebbe Tzin. I remember watching the Rebbe walking back to 770, going down Kingston Avenue. So one time when the Rebetzin was coming back from 770, I think it was, from, it was Yantif, and I ran quickly to the door to open it up. And when she passed by me, a way of saying thank you, she gave me a pat on my shoulder like Yeshekoyach. I don't remember what word she used. She said a dank or Gityantif or something. But the pat on the shoulder I remember. Where did you live? Where was your house? I was on Montgomery Street, Montgomery near Kingston Avenue. Ah, so from Montgomery you'd run to prison? Yes. It's not like you lived on the block? No. Yeah. I don't remember, maybe 10. We're talking about, we're talking about, not Tavshachafei. Tavshachafei, she already, she passed away. We're talking about Meda Chav Gimel, Chav Tebez, Chav Dalit. I don't remember when. So, so, you didn't guess my age yet, because I don't know exactly which year it was. She also knew who I was. Like sometimes you could do someone a favor and they didn't even know who you are. 
my grandmother, she, her name was Mrs. Winter, my mother's mother, and she was very close with the Rebbitson. They were friendly. And one time when the Rebbe was leaving the Rebbitson's apartment, and she was standing by the door with the Rebbe, and they both saw how me and my brother, or a few brothers, are standing by the door, keeping it open. So she says to the Rebbe, Ah, those are the Eneklach, the grandchildren of Winter, Mrs. Winter. So she knew very well who I was. One of the things she said, that when the Rebbe came to her house, everything, her whole life changed. She says she went through a hard time. She went through the war. She had a lot of traveling. It took a long time to get to America, to get to Brooklyn. The Rebbe had to go in 1947 to Paris and spend a few months there to get all the papers ready so she'd be able to travel. It wasn't easy, but she said, when my, I, even though my apartment is very small, whenever the Rebbe comes, I feel like I'm living in a big apartment. And all the things that are bothering me suddenly disappear when he comes. And he gives me kayak for the next 24 hours when he'll come again. That's just a little bit about Rebbe Tzinchana, just one more thing that the Rebbe said that we should learn that there was a time by First World War, World War I, when people, Yidden, were not allowed to live in the cities that were near the borders of Poland or Lithuania because they, the Goyim thought that Yidden are spies. So they made the Yidin move. So hundreds and hundreds of Yidin are looking for places where to go. And one of the places they came was to the Rebbe's city, which is called Dniprat Petrovsk, or Yekaterinoslav. And the Rebbe says, I was busy in Cheder. I really didn't pay attention to what's going on at home. But this was standing out so strongly that I did notice it. That my mother was so involved with the refugees who are coming from all over and doing whatever she can to help them by day, by night. She was heavily involved. He said, the Rebbe says, we can learn a lesson. Because all the Yidn and Gullahs today are like refugees. We're waiting for Mashiach, waiting for Gola. So we have to go out there and help Yidin and feed them. Not gosh mystic of food, but if they have to learn Torah mitzvahs, put on tefillin and do stuff, mitzvahs, that's what we can do. The Rebbe also praised her, his mother that she, her husband, the Blevi Yitzchak, used to write Divrei Torah, Chidushim. He didn't have papers. He wrote on the side of his svarim, Zohar, or whatever svarim he had, the Tanya. But how did he write it? He didn't have pens. 
So you, she used to go and get certain kind of grasses and plants and cook them. It'll turn into a colored liquid, and he would use that as ink. Let's go to story time now. There are many achlotas that we can take upon ourselves in Asayi Simei Tshuva. Especially Asayi Simei Tshuva, Hashem gives us the seven days of the week. Because Rosh Hashanah was Shabbos and Sunday. Yom Kippur is next Monday. So between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, what do you have? You have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday. You have exactly every one, each and every one of the seven days of the week. So the Sunday of Asesame Tshuvah is supposed to be for all the Sundays of the year. The Monday for all the Mondays of the year. When we make a cheshbin, what can we improve for this coming year for all the Sundays, all the Mondays, and, the, and each day of Asesame Tshuvah, Hashem gives us a special kayach that we should be able to carry it out. A good achlota, I think, is to take along the Melech Pasada, the king. How do we take it along? You may have, may have heard the story, but I'm going to say it over in short, and then I'm going to go to the story I want to tell. A 12-year-old boy came to Chidus with his family, to the Rebbe and Chaydeshalol, and the Rebbe asked him, what is he learning? He, was in Eng- he came from England. And he told the Rebbe what he's learning in Gemara, in Chesidus. And in Chesidus, he told the Rebbe, he's learning about the Melech Pasada. That in Chaydesh Elul, the king is in the field and everyone can greet him. So the Rebbe looks at him and says, tell me, did you get to meet the king? If he's available to everyone, did you get a chance to meet him face to face? And the boy didn't know what to answer. So the Rebbe said to him, listen, whenever you say a bracha, you're saying, Baruch Atah Hashem, you are standing in front of the king face to face. That's when you meet the king. So it's good to work on the idea of brachis. Make sure we say a bracha, and we say it not mumbling, but we say it for real. When a person eats an apple, he's not eating a fake apple or a spoiled apple. He's eating a good apple. When we make a bracha, it should also not be a junky bracha, but the way Hashem deserves it. Baruch Atah Hashem, word for word. Here comes the story of Reb Levi Yitzchak by Dishever, who taught someone a very big lesson about saying a bracha. In Reb Levi Yitzchak by Dishever's shul, one day during davening, they see a yid running in in a panic. Where is the sitter? Where is the sitter? Where is the talus? And he tells everyone that he has yard site for his father, who just passed away not long ago. And he wants to say Kaddish. Okay? 
course, they invited him. After davening was over, and he said Kaddish, he wanted to run out, back to business. And they said to him, hey, hold it a second. Is a yard site, we gotta say l'chaim. So where's the mashke? And where's a piece of mezaynas? He took out of his pocket some money. He gave it to the one of the young guys to run to the store and buy some, some mashke and bring it to the vaditch of his face medrash. A few minutes later, they're back with the mashke and they fill up the little cups and he grabs the cup Chaim, everyone! Look! And he drinks it down. And the Chassidim screamed at him, What? Abracha! Ooh, he made a mistake. He drank without a bracha. I guess he wasn't used to it. Someone who hardly comes to shul, the Yiddishkeit sometimes gets weaker. What did he do? He sat there, and he knows it's too late. He drank already. Oh, you could say a bracha now and drink some more. There's something to hate. But in the meantime, the Bardich of Erav, I believe Yitzchak heard the commotion. So he walked over to the table, and he says, what's going on? And when he realized that it was because this guy did not say a bracha, the Bardich of sat down, and looked him in the eyes. And after thinking for a few moments, he says, you know, I want to tell you a story. Can you listen? Of course. And he said, there was once a Yid who was born to parents that lived in a little, little shtetl where there was no shul no yeshiva, no cheder, nothing. And this Yid grew up not knowing much about Yiddishkeit. A little bit here and there, mitzvah here, mitzvah there. But he lived his life not the way a Yid should. After he was an old man and passed away, his neshama came up to the best in Shalmaila, and, of course, they want to send him to Gan Eden. But there is a cheshbin. You have to see if he deserves it. So they take a look. Everything that a person does, it says in Pekei Avais, V'chol ma'asecha b'seifer nechtavim. Everything you do is written down in a book. It's recorded in Shemayim. And they start counting all of his mitzvahs. And then they see all the Averis. And when they measure it, they see that it's exactly 50-50. If it would be at least 51% mitzvahs and 49% Averis, at least the mitzvahs will weigh it over. They could do something for him. But 50-50, it's a problem. They kept on searching. Maybe there's one schos that he, he, he has. One good thing. They couldn't find it. So they decided that his neshama 
will have to go down as a Gilgal. That means Nishama sometimes comes down as a, in a body, or sometimes comes out, down in an object. And if that object is used for a Torah mitzvah, then the Nishama goes back up and has Aliyah, can go to Ganeidah. His Nishama ended up in a drop of rain. And the rain came to a farmer in his field where he grew wheat. When it came time to cut down the wheat, now we're talking about the wheat. One of those kernels, one of the kernels has a gilgal of that neshama. And then they took the kernels, brought it to a place where they make mashka. How do they make mashka? From grain. He ended up in a bottle of mashka. And if someone takes this bottle of mashka and does a mitzvah with it, he gets his tikkun. And the Badechevah continues telling him this story. This bottle of mashka was sitting on the shelf in the store. And this morning someone came and bought it. And it's here on the table. But that drop of mashka, you gulped down without saying a bracha. Had you said a bracha, you would have brought a tikkun, you would have helped that neshama. And you should know, that neshama was your father's neshama. When the Yid heard this, he started to cry. And he says, Oi, what can I do now? How can I help my father? How can I do a tikkun? The Badichva said, you know what you could do? You could still do a mitzvah with it. If the lesson that you're learning because of this mashka will make you do teshuva, then all the mitzvahs you're doing from now on is because of that drop of mashka. That will be a schos for your father. And he became a full balchuva, and his father had, was able to enter Ganeiden peacefully. Teaches us a lesson. How careful we must be not just because maybe the glass of water you have has a gilgal of someone. Could be yes, could be not. Or, the, or the, the hot dog you're eating, we don't know. But one thing we do know for sure, Hashem gave us food that we should say a bracha because it elevates the food, elevates the world, and gets the world ready for the geula. Sima ugmach sima Shana Taiva Masuka, a good bench to you.